is for good reason because we represent a large number of people you should be given the full immunity to be able to say what the people say they want you to say that is why you say it here that immunity doesn't extend to you in the market square or anywhere just say anything because you think you are a member of parliament it doesn't apply at all so please they go into the matter submit the report and i want to urge the house to do this as a house or as something that affects the whole house including all members and i as speaker the representative of the house where it deals with the image the majesty the reputation of the house i have an interest so please i'm happy that the committee is chaired by no less a person than the first deputy speaker and i have confidence in him and i know he will do the right thing so this week a member of parliament was referred to the privileges committee which has the power to punish their own why because of impunity and hate that he incited against journalists so tonight on ghana connect impunity and hate against journalists often fueled and incited by politicians so tonight we connect journalists and citizens both home and abroad to explore and to discuss how to deal with this threat to this democracy We connect after the break. Masks, sanitizer, social distancing. By now, we know what we gotta do. That doesn't mean we want to. We're all tired, but we're too far in to tap out. So let's keep it up just a little longer so that soon we don't have to. So we can fill stadiums again and smile at strangers and hug the ones we love. We're all worth pushing for. So keep it up for all of us. Just one more push, Africa. Just one more push for Ghana, everywhere you go. For more inspiration, check out onemorepushafrica.com. A message from MTN and Yellow Hope. We are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. 
And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osuakwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627792. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. It's important to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in your employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is regulated and licensed by the National Health Insurance Authority to provide medical insurance services to institutional clients, families, and individuals. Apex Student Package and International Medical Solutions are all here to cushion you. Visit Apex Health Insurance Office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi or call 0501-683-914 or 0232-000-015. In Kumasi, we are located opposite Prempe College, Sofoline, and in Takradi, Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. Alliance Insurance since 1890. At Alliance Life Ghana. We have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life. We secure your future. And you are live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. Well, this week, a member of parliament uh, was referred to the uh, Privileges uh, Committee uh, by the Speaker uh, of the House, uh, obviously because he incited hate against my colleague, uh, journalist Erastus Asari Donko, simply for doing his job. He had asked that uh, the journalist be beaten mercilessly. Um, on his own, uh, you know, media network. That, of course, has led to uh, ASEAN Multimedia taking uh, several steps, uh, first to ensure protection for Erasmus Saridonko and to get the uh, police to investigate uh, because, of course, a threat to cause harm to an individual is is a criminal offence. And the police, of course, also wrote a statement today, this week, announcing that they are indeed uh, looking into these uh, matters that uh, we brought before them and that they are investigating it. Uh, of course, we've written also to the Speaker of Parliament. Uh, we've written to the uh, human rights bodies, both here in Ghana and abroad, the diplomatic community, um, the presidency, uh, the interior ministry, uh, just so that uh, we say never again. Remember, um, the last time uh, the same uh, politician uh, spoke in, in similar fashion against a journalist, that journalist later on ended up being killed 
uh, and that investigation is still one that is uh, we still haven't got any resolution to. Uh, the reason why we are taking this absolutely seriously, and if you've been listening to Top Story, there have been developments on this as uh, Parliament's uh, Privileges Committee prepares to begin a probe into this. The MPP side in the House, led by the Deputy Majority Leader, had indicated to the, on the floor today that uh, it is yeah, which that this doesn't tra- travel at. Uh, as has been anticipated uh, to its full length before the Privileges Committee. That's a stiff opposition to that by the NDC side. And of course, to indicate, we, we have said that uh, it, we didn't petition the Speaker also because we simply wanted to accept an apology. We wanted the full uh, matter to be probed and uh, uh, sanctions uh, imposed if the members of Parliament before that committee deems it fit. But there's a bigger conversation to be had because this is not the first time it's happened. There is... Uh, impunity uh, and hate against journalists, often fueled and incited by politicians. This happened so, for so long. Um, tonight, we're going to be connecting journalists and citizens, both home and abroad, to, to explore this um, menace and threat against uh, the democracy of ours. Remember, uh, they called the media the fault estate of the realm, not because uh, it's, uh, it's a fashionable term, because it's such an important part of building a democracy. host of colleagues who are joining me uh, for this particular discussion. Listen, wherever you are tonight, you can join us also uh, because it's, uh, we serve you. Yes, we make mistakes, but of course, everybody does, right? So join us uh, with your thoughts. 055 uh, and let's let's have this conversation uh, together. Uh, connecting with me uh, tonight, it's uh, Manasseh Zuri Awuni, investigative journalist, uh, and uh, he himself has been the subject of a lot of uh, hate and impunity, some of which has been fueled and incited by by politicians, such as I've already indicated. Hello, Manasseh. Always good to talk to you. Hello, Evans. Good to be on the show. Great to have you. Uh, Mohid uh, uh, Said is a freedom of speech uh, program uh, head at the Media Foundation for West Africa. Uh, hello, Mohid. Hello, Evans. Hey, great to have you uh, connect with us. Uh, uh, Shamima Muslim. Uh, Shamima Muslim is executive director uh, of the uh, AMA. Of course, uh, they uh, represent the, the, the female voice in the industry uh, and beyond. And I'm delighted that uh, she is joining us because she is a, a, I don't know whether it's a former colleague, because once a journalist and always a journalist. Shamima, correct? Yes, indeed, Evans. And I'm, I'm glad to be joining you again on a similar topic as we oh yeah, come to think of it, ago, yes. Including Manasseh, when we're speaking about safety of journalists, which is actually quite similar to the impunity conversation. So I'm happy to be joining you again. Well, listen, it's come full circle. Um, so let's. I want to also bring in. This is a different kind of uh, media professional. He's a he's a blocker. He's a photojournalist. And the thing about this gentleman I'm about to introduce is that he's done work not only in Ghana but across the continent and across the world. He's been to places where war-torn places and uses his lens to capture that. He's seen a first hand how journalists have suffered in other places and so I'm delighted to tap into his, his brain all the time when he joins me. He's always a delight to just listen. Uh, he is Nana Kufiakwa and uh, he connects. Hello Nana. Nana, I think you have to unmute for me. 
Sorry. Yay. Uh, Fantastic. Yes, I can yes, hear you now. Yes, yes, yes. Evans, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I mean, I wish we were here to discuss something uh, very positive and exciting, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, thank, thank you very much, obviously. And listen, Benjamin Teta is connecting from the U.S. He's done journalism to across the continent. He's now in the U.S., it's, of course, a country where, you know, democracy is entrained. The media is pretty strong. Uh, but they came pretty close to experiencing something as we, we, we experienced in Africa when they had Donald Trump, who <laughs> threw out journalists from the White House, etc., etc., banned them. And, of course, uh, CNN and others fought that quite uh, vociferously. And so um, I'm delighted that he joins us. He has a, he's had the best of both worlds, practicing in Ghana in the continent and now, of course, practicing in the U.S. And, uh, Benjamin, I'm grateful um, to, that you're joining us. I, I will also be connecting to Ahas and Suhini again. The reason why it's interesting to speak to him, we're talking about journalists inciting hate against, uh, uh, you know, politicians inciting hate against journalists. He is a former journalist himself, a, a colleague, now 10 full-time politician. And so he straddled both worlds. I'm curious to know what is it that makes politicians appear to hate journalists so much that they incite them, incite all this, you know, hate, vitriol against. I'm curious to tap into that. And so he will connect with us also. But Manasseh, let me start with you. I mean, this conversation we've had many times, and Shamima is right. We just had this a couple of months back or less, indeed. We are back here again. A good friend of yours, Ahmed Swale, who also operates in the field of investigative journalists, was, was murdered not too long ago. And, and it followed comments similar, such as we've had against Erastus. I wonder what, how you're feeling about the repetition of this, one by the same member of parliament, and how this is part of a bigger problem against yourself, myself, and all who practice this noble profession. Well, my feeling goes beyond the field of journalism, and we ever worked in the same newsroom. And you, Evans, can attest to the fact that in the past, if anybody ever said they were giving up on Ghana, I would begin a long lecture of how irresponsible that kind of thinking And, and I must confess, you've given me a lot of that lecture um, when, yes. when we used to work under the same roof. But yeah, so, yes. gradually, and unfortunately, I am being forced to give up on this country, not because I don't love the country, but if there is some madness in the land and there is a cure for the madness and the curers of that madness are not prepared to cure it and we the citizens keep repeating the same conversation almost every aspect of our national life if it is flood, if it is uh, corruption, if it, whatever, it's become a cycle. We shouldn't have been talking about this today, and it shouldn't be the same human being at the center of this, considering what happened in the past and the repercussions of that. We know as we sit here, and I've always maintained that if I threaten the daughter of the president on this show, I will not sleep in my bed tonight. The security forces will deal with me. If they fail to deal with me, the president will deal with them. Not just the president, any minister, somebody in government, or any powerful person. 
So we have examples of people who threatened others and they were not left alone. We know this uh, so-called prophet who said if the registration went on, the EC chair, the president and others would die. He was arrested, detained for about two weeks and has been prosecuted. We know of the NDC chairman, Samuel Ofusuampofu, who made certain statements that appear to threaten the lives of others. The police went all the way to Israel to authenticate a voice in a secret recording. He's been prosecuted. We know Bulldog and others who made statements that threatened others. They were not left alone. In these matters, nothing really happened to the people they threatened. But we had somebody who put Ahmed Swale's picture on television, said to the whole world that you don't know him, but here he is. He lives in Medina. Whoever gets him should attack him. Ahmed Swale was eventually killed in Medina. Nothing happened. That same person has the courage to be threatening others. And before he came to Rastos, uh, quite a number of people had been threatened. So Evans, if all of this should happen and nothing seems to happen to those who offer or put out those threats, then it is an invitation for others to even go beyond the threats. And we know in the past, some people really went ahead to do certain things and as we speak, nobody has been arrested. I mean, and, and you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we've reported this to the police. There's no indication yet that uh, this MP has even been called and questioned or or arrested or even written to the speaker for that to happen. And listen, Nanaba Namwa is also connecting. Hello, Nanaba. He's a general manager of GH1 TV. Hello, Nanaba. Do you have Nanaba? Hey, Evans, hey nice to have you, Nanaba. In fact, let me come to you next. I mean, you, you've done this job as, as long as I can remember. Have you ever seen it this bad against journalists? No, no, I have never. I mean, it started a while back and we all took it lightly and it's getting worse. I think it's going to get worse than it is now. Um, it is very sad. It makes me really sad because it discourages young people who want to join this uh, this fraternity it's depressing it is sometimes it's ridiculous really uh, the kind of things people say um to journalists and about journalists and so i think that at the, at the end of this conversation we need to figure out what to do next you know and i mean i was listening to manasse and he has enumerated so many examples you know some of the examples i had even forgotten about but he's enumerated so much and it's just reminding me of how all of this started and how we selectively turn our eyes um, off when we think that, oh, this is not necessary, this person is not important. But when it affects a certain political party, then every single person is interested. If it affects a certain big man, then everyone is interested. It is quite a pity for me, really. It's it's a pity. I mean, Nanakofi, you have a very interesting, unique perspective to this because you do a slightly different kind of job for us, but it's the same, same effect. Lenses, uh, capturing events. But the, the thing about you is you travel, you see a lot of um, pain and sorrow you, which you capture. And so you've seen this first on how this could, the consequences of, of what, we, what we're witnessing here. As a journalist yourself, I mean, as a, as a, as a photographer in, in your field, traveling the world, you, you come back home and you, you see what's happening, the threats on journalists' life, and you say, is this a country that claims to be, 
to be a, a shining light when it comes to democracy on the continent. You've seen a lot of the continent. Does it break your heart or it gives you hope that maybe, yeah, in the land of the blind, yeah, Ghana, is, Ghana is better than most? I think that Ghanaians haven't yet come to the realization that our democracy seems to succeed or has succeeded so far because of the role of journalists. You know, they, they don't know that. They don't know that uh, because we are there right through the whole electoral process and we cover and, and we risk our lives to, to make sure that the elections go well is, is mainly why we have the similitude of, of democracy. Uh, and I hear a lot of Ghanaians very just uh, speak very shabbily of journalism and journalists and all that. And, and, and I think it's because they have no idea what happens when the fourth estate collapses. You know, we, we have no idea. Today, to, just today, we, we lost a journalist. Uh, Reuters lost uh, a photojournalist in, in Afghanistan, uh, Danish Siddiqui. Uh, hey, you know, we, we lost him to, to conflict. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was traveling in armored vehicles in, in Dori, in Burkina Faso, uh, because the country is very, very heavily destabilized, you know, and uh, people have no idea what it means to be a journalist. They, they have no idea how fragile uh, this profession is and yet how important it is to, to a country's well-being, you know. Uh, so when uh, people speak loosely and people instigate, uh, this Sw- Swali, our, our colleague Swali who died, what was Swali fighting for? Wasn't it to end corruption in this country? When corruption thrives, who suffers the most? Isn't it the poor? It is the poor that suffers the most, you know. So when people get to really understand the role we play, I think the people will rise against uh, uh, irresponsible leaders who, who instigate hate uh, against journalists. Uh, uh, and so far, I feel Ghanaians don't appreciate. They haven't learned to appreciate our role in in, in, in helping this country function properly. Very interesting perspective. Samima, let me bring you on that point that he, he makes. It's all about Ghanaians generally. But if you isolate a certain class of Ghanaians, I'm talking about political leadership. And because this current instance... It has to be somebody who is a, a, a very senior member of parliament, is a chairman of a very important committee, um, you know, spewing and inciting such hate. This is that they don't, they also don't understand what we do, or they do understand it so much that they they feel the only way to to sort of let the status quo prevail is to you know put the media in a position where they are uh, immobilized. To do their work. I mean, so if you're threatening them and they become timid and they can't do the job, and then of course, then you can have your way. Is it that or the simply lack of understanding of what we do from these political leaders? Shamima, do I have you on? Kindly unmute if you have muted. Hello, yes. Shamima. Oh, yes, I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Yes, go on. Yes. I, I think that if we live in a society that we didn't know that. Um, the media is almost half owned by politicians, then we would say that we don't know. I mean, weirdly enough, the person at the center of, you know, these recurring threats, and what I might even dare to say that today, really, the persona of um, Kennedy Japong 
is is what impunity is all about. Impunity not against journalists. We've seen impunity against even the judiciary. And UNESCO has said that the, the judiciary is actually one of the major institutions to ending impunity. Now, come to what impunity means in a while. So it isn't, we cannot argue that they don't know. This is an individual that actually owns a media station who would go onto his platform and actually attack his own journalists because he feels they are not doing what he wants them to do. He would attack and insult them directly on air. Uh, uh, and that, you're so right. In fact, right in your face. And, and they, yeah. they just keep mute and watch him insult them and, and just abuse them. So if he can do that to his own, um, you know, to his own business, so there's really no surprise that he extends same uh, courtesies, in quotes, to others. So, I mean, our politicians have always been part of the problem, but they are also part of the solution. And just when I was preparing for this conversation, I always like to put it in a broader context because, you see, because of some of the instances of unprofessionalism we have also had on our side as media, um, many citizens who are like um, the, the person who spoke before me, who are really unaware or um, you know, they do not know about the, the important role the media plays in, in the society. I mean, the last time we had this conversation, I said that of the three arms of government or the four, if you include the media, the media is actually the most important because even if the media breaches against any of the other institutions. It is the same media that will bring to light issues that affect the other institutions. So at any point in time, one or two or three or all of the others are relying on the media to tell their story and to help them seek justice. So this is the unique role that the media plays. And the citizens need to be aware of these conversations because when we are speaking People will say, oh, but you people, you've also been always, you know, spoiling people's um, reputations and destroying people's hard-earned reputations with your own professionalism. And so take take what you dish out. But this is not what we are talking about because the conversation about impunity transcends Ghanaian borders and the threats are so real. Let me read this to you, that impunity means exemption from punishment or freedom from the injurious consequence of an action. It can apply to a number of human rights violations, leaving victims without justice and creating an environment that enables abuse. Impunity for crimes against journalists means a failure by states to bring redress for abuses against journalists including harassment, threats, attacks, arbitrary detention, and murder. This can be through failing to undertake independent, speedy, and effective investigation to threats, attacks, or murders, failing to reform police practices which enable and encourage mistreatment of journalists, failing to reform or abolish laws which target journalists reporting on certain issues for or expressing criticism. So if you look 
at this definition and then you look at the instances that Manasseh has referred to, we cannot but arrive at the conclusion that indeed impunity against journalists live with us because we can give not only one, two, three, we can give several examples where all of these actions have been meted out to journalists and the state institutions have failed to act and justice has failed to be served on those victims of their abuse. So we have to agree that this is our reality as a country. So what do we do to prevent um, impunity, to protect journalists against impunity and to prosecute, most importantly, those that you know, without respect to any institution, to any rule of law. You know, I'm, I'm afraid I must add that the Honorable Kennedy, who is at the center of this renewed... Yeah, you use the word honorable. ...believes... Well, let me even... Let, let me believe that he, he is honorable and that at a point in time, very soon, he would do the right thing. He believes himself to be the best citizen. He believes himself to love Ghana more than anybody. He believes himself to be the only truthful citizen in Ghana. And everybody else is a liar. Everybody else that has an agenda. Everybody else does not love this country, including um, this recent case of the journalist that you will speak to. Who is lying? Who is lying? So, I mean, I don't know what 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 shapes the mind and the heart of the of, of the you know the, the the MP. But I think that enough is enough. You know, in the, in your so-called under the guise of loving this country and wanting truth, his comments are rather serving a certain end, and it will lead more to chaos than the order that he he purports to be pushing. And we really need to get him to stop at some point and reflect on his actions and see that, no, you cannot be right all the time. Yeah, I mean, and, and that will... definitely will, cannot yeah, be right. Yeah, but that, that will only happen if, if, if we know that there's certain consequence for what he's done. I want to bring in um, Mahid with the Media Foundation for West Africa. I mean, Shamima talks about the impunity, lack of uh, sanctions, lack of accountability, lack of deterrence for people who just, uh, you know, assault and, and disrespect journalists. What you've been monitoring and cataloging these events, what what, what have you come to and appreciate as why why the reason is that we, we have so little action um, and, and justice for journalists when they are assaulted? Thank you, Evans. Uh, I think uh, I would link my submission to what Nana Kofiakwa said uh, a while ago regarding the hello relevance hello yeah go on I lost you briefly but go on okay so I was saying that uh, I would link my submission to what Nana Kofiakwa said regarding our lack of appreciation of the role and relevance of the media I think that the media itself has not been able to appreciate its own importance and the role that it plays in the development of this nation. Um, If we did, we would realize that in many developing countries, such as ours, public institutions are chronically weak. Um, And the uh, authorities deliberately keep these institutions starved of resources and logistics in order to render them ineffective 
uh, and in order also to perpetuate the strong man culture as against strong institutions. So we, we have um, a parliament that is parochial, we have a judiciary that is often compromised, and most of our uh, corruption or anti-corruption institutions uh, are being starved of resources and are interfered with so that they cannot play their roles effectively. And this is where the media steps in. Uh, and so for uh, a political class that is deliberately weakening institutions in order to have it their own way, the media must expect that they wouldn't treat a very critical, probing, prying media with kids' gloves. Um, they would rather prefer a timid or intimidated media that would limit itself to uh, reporting rather mundane things. And therefore, if we're going to do our work as uh, anti-corruption institution, then we should expect that the political class will hit us hard. Now, uh, in terms, apart from uh, the fact that we are confronted with a very, a very hostile environment, um, there is also the fact that we ourselves have not anticipated that we would come against this kind of hostility and therefore prepare against it. A lot of the time, journalists are assaulted and we make noise for one or two days and then go to sleep. We hardly report. When we report, we don't follow up. When we are frustrated by the police, we let go. But if we knew that we are fighting a system that um, is entrenched and that will not give in easily, we would also continue to knock and knock until we receive justice and redress for violations against us. I mean, it, it, so in the particular case yeah. of um, Kennedy Ejapon. I think that we lost an opportunity to tame him when he did what he did against Ahmed Swali. If the media in Ghana had boycotted him and decided that he was not honorable enough to be on our platforms, I'm sure it would have sent a very strong signal to him. And if he himself even appears not to care, I am sure that other politicians and influential people might care and not want to incur the wrath. I mean, Saeed, you, you've touched on the nerve there that I want to uh, yeah. move this conversation to because I think you started by saying we ourselves as media, we don't appreciate our importance and we haven't done enough ourselves. How can we expect that parliament and the judiciary and the police will do it for us when what we feel to do for ourselves? Benjamin Teta, you've done journalism here in Ghana uh, on the continent and now doing it in the USA. Uh, in the USA, I remember very clearly a, a whole president uh, ordered for a journalist to be removed from the White House. CNN fought to nail. In fact, the journalism body came together and fought and won 
uh, um, uh, this. Do you get a sense that from what you practice and what you see there, that, uh, you know, there's a different approach to which the journalists, the journalists where you are, for example, the most advanced democracy, are the very determined to defend their TEF against all interferences, but us here are pretty timid because maybe we silently, you know, endorse these, you know, hate and etc. from the political class against us because somehow maybe we're beneficiary of of the allegiance. Well, Evans, um, I want I want to say that um, not just uh, uh, politicians, but people in general will want to take, it's like if I'm committing a crime, I would definitely would not want the law to catch up on me. So basically that's it. People are not, I mean, we have the tendency to avoid. In the case we saw with President Trump, as an example, for four whole years, even before then, before he, through the period of campaigning, it was so blatant. Um, but then one thing is, he couldn't go beyond. As we speak now, <laughs> Trump's uh, company is in court uh, facing prosecution. Yeah, because in institutions work and the journalists exactly. are very determined. Exactly. Yeah. And several other areas. There were media houses prior to, I think, in the events of uh, his presidency. Most, as we see often, media houses will stream all the press conferences and they got to a stage. There were some aspects that media houses will deliberately block it. I was just reading this week, uh, this week, one media house here in the U.S. decided that for the Senate election, which is going to the midterm elections, which is going to be in 2022, and already campaigning has started. A whole media house decided that it listed about two, three um, candidates within the state in Ohio. And they said, we are not going to cover these candidates. Well, and then they stated their, their reasons. But that's and powerful. Editor, but, but that's powerful. Yes. Go on. Yeah, go on. The editor said what? The editor came out and said, this and this and this are the reasons. These guys have blatantly lied to the public, have used false narrations, and they stated and said for these reasons, and then they threw it to the public. And it was amazing the overwhelming support the public has given. So yes, yeah. So so let me ask you on the back of that very briefly. You've practiced here, practiced on, on the continent, practiced where you are, where this event, this example is playing out. Why is it that we can't do it here? We can't do that here. Evans, I don't think we cannot do it here. I mean, we haven't done it yet. I guess that's why I'm asking that. Yes, it's quite disappointing because, example, we are all very dear to our country, Ghana, and we've seen um, how year in, year out, Ghana has ranked when it comes to press freedom, the democratic environment in which we practice. Uh, We've ranked pretty well, um, almost number one or the top three across the continent, even 23 ahead of even the US and Europe uh, or the UK. And yet we have seen this uh, violation of media rights. I want to disagree on one point, Evans. I have also practiced journalism quite well in the country. And I think journalists in general are respected. I want to say one point. We are respected. It is those in authority that disrespect us. And I have to, we have to set a clear line. Journalists, I worked in, in, in Radio Adan before I came to, before I joined Joy News. I, in Adan today, when I go to Adan, even little kids, the way they will mention my, the name I use on radio, Tetefioga, Tetefioga, and they value you. Even in Accra, in your own community, tell me the people you live with in your neighborhood who know you as a, a, a Joy reporter. They value you. 
It is the politicians who think that we are a threat to them, who are fighting us and who will do everything. And surely, in that way, they pollute their supporters, especially mostly the ruling party. And so we see people from the ruling party also being, um, being more of that, uh, giving that kind of threatening environment to journalists. So I think we need to set, and I agree that we don't speak for ourselves. One of the professors uh, I met in New York University, Jay Rosen, had a statement, and his point is journalist or journalism in general is not defending itself. And I think that is one thing we haven't done strongly enough. Let, let me let me take a let me let me let me take like Kennedy mm, Dupont are getting away with. Yes, yeah, yes. Let, let me take a quick round on that question about whether we are also part of the problem here because we haven't done enough. And I like your example you cited. Manasa, let me start with you very quickly on that point. That we yourself haven't appreciated this and that we haven't done enough for ourselves. Why do we expect others to do it for us? Okay. Evans, I said it this week that uh, the problem has partly to do with us. Muhib made mention of something very important, that you can decide not to give somebody who is not worth your platform that opportunity to speak. And in this case, Joy News or the multimedia group is a very guilty culprit. I asked somebody some time ago, after what he did, and after the killing of Ahmed Swale, you granted him some uh, so-called exclusive interview, and you treated it as if you had interviewed a Nobel Prize winner in wisdom, and everybody was promoted. You can't miss this interview for anything. And you didn't know, nobody could tell exactly what that person did. The question I asked at the time was that if this person had threatened a Joy FM reporter and that Joy FM reporter was later killed, would Joy News or the multimedia group have given him that platform? No. From there, he moved to City and a number of platforms. So what I think we should be doing, we shouldn't wait until the fire gets to our house before we begin to know how serious it is or how dangerous that can be. We have a very powerful platform. Benjamin spoke about the fact that it is the politicians who don't respect us. I would also say that the politicians do respect us. They know how important our work is. Some of them would call you to even highlight certain problems in their own government or in their own parties. I know 2016, I went to invite candidate Kufuadu to a book launch and that was my first meeting with him. He was so appreciative of the work I had done. And in his words, he said, if our democracy will succeed, it is people like you holding government accountable who would make us succeed. So as an opposition candidate, I believed what he said, and I still believe that he should hold that dear to himself. The problem about the politicians or the political class is sometimes the leader doesn't set a good example. I have spoken a number of times about how tolerant John Muhammad was. Despite some of the things I had written and investigated against him, his posture was different. There is a sustained campaign to discredit Joy FM. And Anaba Namwa wrote it on uh, Twitter some time ago, and I read. And it is true. How did this recent campaign start? 
Joy FM is scrutinizing the free SHS program. The president goes to uh, a program in the central region and makes a statement to the effect that a certain radio station is attacking free SHS. Once you do this, you are setting up that radio station against your followers. And so when that sustained campaign started, Joy FM has an agenda, this or that, I knew where it was coming from, and I knew who said that example. And the question is, 2016, they should tell us if there was any other media house whose investigations, whose stories, whose journalistic output the MPP relied on to discredit the government at the time. Why would you win an election and all of a sudden that radio station becomes so evil that it appears there is a well-coordinated campaign to discredit the station, to discredit its journalists. And once the critical media, the critical voices are silenced, then the politicians would have their way. So I think we should come together. It doesn't matter whether this is a Joy FM person who has been threatened. We should all come together and fight it because if we leave it, it would move on to someone else. Let, let the number, what do you have to say to this? I totally, I totally disagree with every single thing Manasseh has said. And I remember that campaign by multimedia for Kennedy Japan's interview. Every single presenter of Joy FM promoted that interview. It, and as Manasseh put it, it was as if you were interviewing a winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, I want to move aside. Um, Manasa talks about journalists coming together. I think that would be wishful thinking in Ghana. To have journalists come together in this country, we have lost our common sense to competition. That is what competition has done to journalists in this country. Everyone is thinking about their numbers. Look, let it happen to any journalist in any media house. The only people who will talk about it will be the journalists working for that particular media house. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, once in a while, you see, for instance, in the City FM incident uh, uh, involving the, the gentleman who recently had an issue with, uh, with the national security operatives. I saw multimedia do a story. I think multimedia even did the story ahead of City FM themselves. And when I saw the story, I was impressed. Oh, wow, for the first time, Another media house has taken the lead. It has happened to Joy FM, and everyone is quiet. Every single person is quiet. Every journalist is quiet. Why? When I tweeted that there was a campaign to incite the public against Joy FM, I had people, journalists in this country, calling to say, it is not my business. Why isn't it my business? It is my business because if it happens to Joy FM, if it happens to Joy News, it can happen to me. That is what we refuse to see, that we are all in this together. If we don't support each other, if we don't defend each other against all of these attacks, we make all of us look vulnerable. We are all vulnerable to the politicians who will use every opportunity to silence dissent. They will shut down investigative work. They will make sure that 
anything journalists do in this country is run down. And that is what we are seeing. Journalists must be united. Whether it is spontaneous or planned, we must stick together. We must defend each other. It shouldn't be the same people always talking about it. A few years ago, multimedia started something about media. Was it press freedom? I can't, I can't yes, 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 yes. There was a campaign that we did about um, attack yeah. on media freedom. Um, yeah. Precisely. I came to uh, Joy FM one morning uh, for the Super Morning Show. I was approached by Elvis. I happily did it. And then I thought that was such a brilliant campaign that was being waged by my multimedia. So I spoke to a couple of journalists that, oh, I think multimedia is doing this. Let's do videos to support them. Uh, do I work there? It is not my business. That is how selfish we are because of competition, because we think that if you mention Joy FM on your timeline, you are sending eyeballs and ears to Joy FM. It doesn't matter. What, what is competition if we're all being attacked? I don't have competition. In fact, I don't see any journalists in this country as competition for me. I stay in my space. I do what I want to do. And because I believe that I am right, I will happily defend another journalist in another media house. It doesn't take anything away from me. Mm. It doesn't take absolutely anything away from me. So that is what journalists must be doing in this country. It has happened to your, your colleague in Kumase. Everyone is quiet. Yeah, I They're mean, going about their uh, bulletins like nothing has happened to this uh, gentleman. And I want to bring Shamima in because Shamima was on the show when we did that campaign on the back of Caleb Kuda. Um, I, I remember we yes. we ran this quite heavy. Shamima, what, what do you make on this? What, what what's your take on this on this on this bit of the conversation? Well, l- l- let me be more hopeful that. Um, journalists can do better than we are currently doing because you see we talk too much and yes um, Nanaba is in the industry and I'm sure she's speaking emotively as a result of the experiences that she has had you know in trying to stand up for journalists no matter which media house they belong to competition will always be with us but there are some things that bind us more than the competition and it is about the survival if we are not surviving, there's no competition. So we need to work to protect ourselves as journalists in order that we can live to work to, you know, produce the content that will stand our media houses in better stead. Having said that, you know, um, bringing people together is not done by talking. And Evans, the last time I made a simple suggestion To bring people together, we need to mobilize. Mobilization takes leadership and capacity. Without mobilization, we cannot take collective actions. It would be one of these things that come up that, you know, organically would, you know, take up the media space because it affronts all of us. But that is always an opportunity to then begin the painstaking work of mobilizing. We do not have an editor's forum for private media. I know that they used to be, and I think it's still existing, but it was mostly for members of the public media. There was an editor's forum that had, you know, these um, senior veteran journalists from um, a lot of the public media. But now a lot of these things that are happening are attacking mostly individuals from private media because of our numbers and because, you know, we really do not have a union. GJA exists. It could have been the umbrella that is the mobilizing tool for us to take 
decisive, concerted action. But I think we all recognize where the weaknesses of um, DJA is. So it is time if we really say we want to do collective action. Evans, you're a leader in your field. You can pick up a phone and call Bernard. You can pick up a phone and call some of your other colleagues. And there's a WhatsApp. Let's start a WhatsApp group today, this evening. You can convene it. Invite another person from another, you know, media house to... Nalaba just said she tried. Nalaba said she tried and she was told, what's your business? You don't want No, it was word of mouth, you see. But I'm saying that it is time to mobilize and mm. mobilization takes organization we cannot just talk and then do nothing once there's a platform let's start by creating that platform that we are trying to build an editor's forum that will address some of these things and see we take decisive um, concerted action to address some of these things if it includes boycotting the the message needs to you know go around at the same time for all of us for editors to then discuss in their newsrooms so if we agree that on monday at 12 midday in protest of all of these impunity the safety issues the people we have lost you know um to 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 violence attack the people who have been maimed the threats we are receiving on 12 midday on monday we are observing a five-minute blackout silence. It's a beginning. Mm. But let's start by creating the platform. Without a platform, without mobilizing, we will just keep on talking like we do. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and but, very, very interesting perspective. Can I come in? With, just, uh, just a second, uh, just a second, just, just a second. I want to bring in Anakufi because I, I, I want to get a, another take on this. Um, what's, what's your take on this approach? I mean, we are now beginning to have a conversation about how do we deal with this, with this threat. What's your take on this? I, I think this was uh, the very point I was trying to make earlier, that Journalism has been very critical to this country's progress. But we ourselves, as, as practitioners of journalism in this country, uh, are not aware or don't appreciate our superpower. And uh, this really hit me. This really hit me. I mean, if I look at the potential we have, the quality of journalism education we have, uh, the quality of access we have, uh, the quality of the climate we have, in spite of all our problems, it's actually much easier to practice journalism in Ghana than in most other countries on the continent. I feel that we really have great opportunity to make Ghana the stalwart uh, of, of journalism on the continent, and it will take all of us coming together, all of us uh, uh, seeing our power. And the thing I said about journalism not being appreciated, um, if it was appreciated, it wouldn't be that easy for some politician to instigate random people against us, you know. Uh, so, so there's a lot of work we have to do. And I'll tell you a very, very quick story to illustrate this. So, so I used to photograph for the New York Times. And then I wasn't happy about one story uh, we did in Ghana. And I complained and there was no response. So I decided I won't photograph for the New York Times again. And then it hit me that there was no alternative. There was no African alternative to the New York Times. When you photograph for the New York Times, literally everywhere in the world where you show up, people tell you they know you and they saw your story. I was in Vancouver. Random people will tell you, I saw your story. I know you. Everywhere you show up. Apart from that, apart from that, the day rate for doing a New York Times assignment is pretty much your monthly salary. I'm talking day rate. 
is pretty much your monthly salary in a Ghanaian media house, you know. But they can afford to pay that, and they will that much power because of of the influence and the reach. And that kind of influence and reach only comes with numbers and it comes with intentionality. And when I look at what we are doing in Ghana, we are like a bunch of, you know, little, little, little men and little women doing our own thing. When you show up, for example, uh, the election night when it was announced, uh, I was at the president's house and you'd be taking a photograph and his bodyguard would just put his hand in front of your camera and literally block your shot and, and push your, your camera away. Uh, when Atta Mills was president, you'd go to the uh, castle then. Uh, back then he was at the castle. And the journalist would literally lie on the floor, lie on the floor and hold up a microphone <laughs> so that, you know, the cameraman will avoid him whilst the president is being interviewed. Uh, you show up in a lot of uh, our press rooms and you look at what is going on. And, you know, it can be better. You know, uh, the level of dignity that comes with a profession in this environment to be honest, if you if you work internationally, you, you know that it can be better. On the continent, yes, we are we are doing much better. It's much easier. I've, I've seen much more hostility in other places. But if I look at the opportunities we have, I think we need to really uh, get our acts together. We deserve better. I mean, for example, how much are journalists paid in Ghana? Most of the time, the strategy is pay the editor or the senior editor, the topmost one, very 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 well. Uh, so that it's easy to tell them to kill stories if they are if you are not happy with it. But the the boys and girls on the on the floor, you know. Uh uh, yeah, I mean, that's, but, that's, that's another that's interesting. Good. That's another interesting angle because then the, the the resource angle. I mean, that makes you so weak yeah. you cannot you move. Um, Benjamin, 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 do yes, I still I have you? Yes, you you had a quick intervention. Is, yes, yes. Me for me looking forward. I think if one thing should get, come out of this program today, uh, first of all, I think I want to say kudos to Joy News for taking the. Erastus Asari Donko case seriously. It's good that you wrote that statement. Once I saw it online uh, the day, the other day, I was so excited that finally we get media outlets that are taking bold decisions. And I'll give you an example. When Canada, Japan, uh, I was just reading on, I saw the story today as while we were preparing for this. And a graphic actually reported it. That Canada, Japan told the media that he was basically stopped when he, he came to the US recently by the U.S. security. Why? Because when the Atmeswali case came up and the Ghanaian authorities were failing and our own president, who we have so much um, or who has been so much project, projected as a, a kind of um, person of democracy, of rule of law, has been rather quiet on this case. The a U.S. congressman issued a statement and because of that, Kennedy Japan basically was profiled somehow when he came here. So it's important that first of all, let the case go out, which Joy has done. Now, beyond that, like the examples we saw when in the case of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi journalist who was killed, U.S. placed sanctions on specific people. Um, the recent one we saw in Belarus, the European Union, the whole European Union stood up and said, Belarus government has been targeted. And in fact, I might, I might just indicate as by way of information, we're also rating to the American embassy on this. Um, right. As, uh, to, so to, because, in pursuit of that same, yes. Again, it comes down to the desk of our president. That is not enough for president. I saw a statement he made and he was saying the police is on top of it. I was like, 
when has President uh, Nanaku Fado? But no, the president hasn't made a statement. I think it's the deputy information minister who, who makes a passing comment on updates. it. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yes, Evans. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, and and for me quickly. Yeah, so I was saying that it's the president that should first of all be clear and give a statement. I'm glad that Parliament is getting involved with this. Parliament should be able to call the the the, the head of the police should be able to call the interior minister and give regular update on what has been going on in terms of the investigation so far, not just on uh, Erastos case, but especially on Akmer Swale. It's a shame that almost two and a half years, and we do not have any clear update as to what has been done. And as for Canada, Japan, I'm sorry, but I think that, I don't know. Um, um, first of all, of course, if we can, all the other media as much as possible can grant, can shut him down. Let him stay on his media. It's a shame that because he's a pro NPP, and so the government has also not been able to take much. Yeah, and, and I must indicate on this. I mean, since this latest incident happened, uh, the closest we've come to a, a government even attempting to comment on this was a was a, a few seconds commentary by the deputy information minister, who simply said, "Oh, yeah, the police is investigating. They they they, they will leave the police to do." There hasn't been categorically a condemnation. Of what he had said, the government had been absolutely quiet. We have the Minister of Information, we have the we have all these other you know individuals who you know work in the space that should, should know better. N- nobody, no, there hasn't been even a condemnation uh, from any high level government official on this. Not not in Parliament, not outside. It has been the opposition that has has pushed this matter on the floor. Uh, listen, um, as we've been talking, um, Ken Ashibe, who used to be a media owner. Uh, and still loves the space dearly. Has a a, a talks about mobilisation and um, Shamima. Uh, he's taking your, a cue from what you said and what um, uh, uh, Nanaba also said. There is a platform that he's creating. That platform has been on for a while. Uh, it's called End to Media Attacks. Uh, it's a it's a it's a WhatsApp platform, and he says uh, I must indicate to all of you that he is now going to add all of you on this platform. Uh, just as you suggested, Shamima, uh, and so that we can mobilize. Um, he, and that platform already has Afro Money, has myself, has something, and that platform has been championing some of the cases uh, in court already. Uh, and he's going to expand this platform to include everybody so we can mobilize, um, so we can get to a point where we can fight. We are, we are powerful. It doesn't matter how we deploy this power against these uh, political elements whose, of course, it's in your interest to, to ensure that uh, we, are, we, are, we are crippled um, and, and they can have their way. Uh, we, Constitution says, must hold them accountable uh, to the people. Uh, I want to uh, bring in a few of your comments uh, that you've been sharing with us on this uh, very important conversation because, listen, we serve you. Um, are we fallible? Absolutely fallible. Uh, and when we do wrong, um, you, we are sued, we are dragged to the NMC, we are forced to apologize. It, it, it's there. It's like every other institution. But um, you wouldn't say because somebody um, made a mistake, then that person must be harmed. That's the, that's the conversation we're having. Uh, what are people saying, uh, uh, Manuel? Space. Um, there's this one that says. As democracy is a practice in the West world, 
about Kenya Japan should be removed and stripped as chairman of defense and interior committee by the speaker of the house as done in the u.s and not any privileges but i stand to be corrected if it's done in gun in the Ghanaian parliament so i says why having to hear from the media regulator why hasn't the station that broadcast the video been warned fined or anything Mami? nmc has been quiet also and mm. um, we've written and copied to them they've been awfully quiet on this um they haven't said anything they hasn't been a big condemnation and they have a constitutional role to protect uh, journalists but they have been quiet also yes so this one says it is reprehensible it is elevated arrogance the height of political intolerance and has translated himself into a demigod multimedia i have an antidote for you boldly boycott and put all government programs on ice never entertain them just be bold and this one says that um I feel that the political parties which uh, these politicians belong to should be collectively punished by media houses if these parties fail to call their members to order. Unity in the media industry is needed as this can happen to anyone. Really glad Joy FM is taking this seriously and pursuing this threat. This is from Emmett o- from OEB. And this one it says that, uh, it's saying that it's from Kofi Mensah. It says, politicians and their logic beats me all the time. My word. Is this happening in Ghana? It is high time the MP is called to order. Something must give um, as it is unacceptable. Something must happen as it is unacceptable. Cry the beloved country. Kofi from uh, Osu sent that one. And um, this one says, what did the deputy majority leader say? We want the privileges committee to do their work. The majority in parliament should let the committee do its work. The majority should know that we will advise ourselves if they showed Kennedy Japan. That's Kofi B sending that message from North Kanish. I mean, and talking about the, the, the push tonight for journalists to come together, that those who know the media well uh, have a, have, are skeptical of this. Uh, and a good friend of mine sent me, he says, journalists will never uh, come together competition is our problem competition will be happy that this has befalling us uh, mgl seems to be the lonely organization uh, in the media landscape uh, that's that's uh, his his view on this uh, there's, there's more indeed um evans there's more um this one says that um this country is not owned by a single individual mm. if the if the committee cannot do its work they should let us refer to the international community mm. oh yes we've written to the international community definitely and uh it's something that uh, we're pursuing as well listen mano thank you very much uh listen I've, I've uh, this has been a good conversation but thank you very much for making time to join us always bold and as we say here at multimedia a bold, fearless, credible, and independent, uh, and independent. And Manasseh Zria Woody uh, encapsulates all that and more. Uh, uh, Muhid, grateful uh, for the thoughts. Shamima, always a pleasure to hear you. Nana Kufiakwa, as I've said, um, I need to come and sit and learn photojournalism. Uh, your kind is pretty rare. Uh, Ahasan Suhini was supposed to speak to. Unfortunately, um, I, I, he was on, uh, but uh, the conversation, you know, straight. But he was on on uh, on Top Story earlier on this. He, a former journalist colleague, uh, he's the he's a person who made this a case on the floor. And when politicians stand out for uh, journalists, you, we have to applaud them. Um, he hasn't. Uh, he recognizes his uh, his origins as a journalist. Uh, at least he's uh, one of many. Uh, former colleagues who become full-time politicians only on the floor who has managed to um, speak for his former colleagues. And so we acknowledge that. Uh, and of course, Benjamin Tete, who also joined us with his thoughts on this. Listen, um, as I've indicated, Kenashigbe is mobilizing already on the platform we call the End to Media Attacks. And uh, all of you 
who've listened, who participated, journalists, we're going to be adding you on this platform. Uh, let's mobilize. Let's fight this monster together. Enjoy the rest of your evening and your weekend, of course. Nana, Yen Control, Jumia presents Celebrate Your Every Day. It's Jumia's ninth anniversary, and we are celebrating with amazing specials. Enjoy up to 50% discount on your favorite brands. Jumia Day for you, Ankasa. Download the Jumia app. Jumia, your everyday delivered. Hey, what up, what up? It's that time of the year again. The fifth edition of the Ghana Music Awards UK launch and nominees night live from the Lapan Royal Beach Hotel. Come to Lapan Royal Beach Hotel on Friday, 23rd July, 7 p.m. sharp as we unveil the final nominees for this year's anniversary edition of the 